Yo, what up? Welcome to another episode of the Open Warriors Podcast. I'm Patrick, and I am joined by my buddy Vubang. What's up, Vubang? Thanks for inviting me back during the offseason. Yeah, man. How is <laughs> how is your offseason? It's pretty sad. I mean, have you did you hear how ESPN is showing Excel? People using Microsoft Excel? As a sport, I I heard of it. I did not read about it. I just saw a headline, and man, that is it's definitely the off season. But there's something that I actually want to talk to you about. This is something that um, you know, a topic that is near and dear, which is uh, ranking the best young cores in the NBA. What I think about the NBA right now is that. You know, there's not a lot of terrible, terrible teams in the sense that like they're shiftless and going nowhere, like the '90s Warriors or the Clippers. You have a, a, a list of how you think the the young cores look. So, why don't you tell me about that? Yeah, I mean, I think it, this is really the reason why everything's better now is we just have a lot more players that are good versus the '90s. Um, you know the Warriors could be drafting, and no matter what number they pick, if the if the if all the players coming out were this good, we wouldn't have ended up um, with like three bad drafts in a row. Um, which is that's a whole other episode, which we've done many many times. But they're just so many good players, um, and I don't think the teams at the bottom are drafting bad at all. Like they might be going in order, but the ones that are taking the risks, probably OKC is the one that's like the one who just sort of jumps around outside of the the prearranged um, list. So, and even them, you know, people are really high up on all, a lot of their players. So, which we could talk about when we get to that point. But yeah, let me go straight into the list. And the criteria is 23 and under, right? Which I love because it means we don't talk about the Celtics. Thank God. I don't <laughs> want to talk about the Celtics ever again until we have to. I like the cutoff of, of, of 23. That, that, that works for a Warriors podcast. So the, the criteria that I set up is, you have at least one star player and mm. then you have a few role players that are, that you're high up on situations mm. where you have like one role player, one superstar and nobody else, like nobody else in the lineup um, or situations where you just have a bunch of pieces and not necessarily that superstar. I didn't prioritize that over like the main guy plus a few others. So that was my criteria. And number 10, I put down Minnesota. Um, the only players under 23 are obviously Ant, Jaden McDaniels, and Nas Reed. I love Anthony Edwards, man. I mean, that guy's that guy's like one of the most entertaining dudes in the league, um, on court and off court. One thing, I mean, we've talked about Minnesota on this podcast for years now, officially. <laughs> and um, you know, I was always like, oh, you know, they got they got some talent. They got some talent. And um, it starts with Edwards and whatever experiment they're doing with, uh, I mean, you know, I, I'll call it an experiment with like Gobert and Towns. We'll see if it works. If it doesn't work, they're just going to have to like figure out how to build around uh, Edwards if um, if it all caves in again. So uh, it, it does yeah. seem weird that they just traded for a 30 year old um, and they have Ant who's 21. But yeah. um, as a Warriors podcast, I mean, would you at this point want Ant on this team? Like I kind of don't see the fit, but I mean, I, I guess is there a trade off or just like plug them in <laughs> and then figure out like throw them onto like last year's lineup or or, or yeah. who they have right now? Yeah, yeah. I mean, I, I'll take the the <laughs> the wealth of 
uh, talent all the time. You know, I'll get rid of Wiggins for him. <laughs> you know? like, <laughs> yeah, I'll take Anthony Edwards. Are you kidding me? Uh, 100%, man. Like he was the guy that I was like, oh, man, I can imagine him coming off the bench as a change of pace guy for uh, Steph and Clay. So, um, sure. Yeah, why not? Straight up trade. <laughs> this story has been mentioned before, but apparently there's that Steve Kerr story where um, he yeah. went to a, a practice that Ant um, um, was doing and he was just half-assing it apparently, but Ant didn't know that he was half-assing it. Uh, and Steve Kerr afterwards was like, hey, you know what? You're probably going to be the number one pick. Uh, just want to let you know uh, that wasn't a great practice. Uh, you should talk to your talk to your trainer and let them know. And they apparently got pissed mm-hmm. off at his trainers. And the next year, when he scored fifty or forty five against the Warriors, he thanked Steve Kerr. I mean, when you think about a number one pick who has that type of, you know, probably comes with a lot of baggage being a number one pick. Mm-hmm. But it sounds like he's he could fit into a system and also just be coached. I mean, how many people yeah. can actually say they're being coached? I mean, I don't, I don't know if LaMelo Ball is in that, is in that bucket. So. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, the LaMelo thing, I mean, who knows, like with the, the, the bridges stuff, that team may have like peaked already. <laughs> oh, man, I, mean? I didn't even think be... about putting him on. Everyone's just politely ignoring them right now. Yeah. Like they, they may have peaked and they, you know, LaMelo might be asking to the Lakers in a couple of years, you know what I mean? Next up, uh, the Rockets. God, this is the Rockets are the strangest to me because it's just like you know it's a bunch of like NBA podcast like Homer like picks you know Dean yeah, Green yeah. Alperin Sengun uh, Jabari Smith I don't know dude like I'm not a huge Rockets guy I'm not a huge Jalen Green guy I don't know um, I'm Jalen Green I mean he's Filipino so I think he's the best player in the NBA. Gotcha. Yeah. And Bruno Mars yeah. is the greatest pop star of all time. <laughs> um, I like the Rockets. I mean, they have a ton of talent. When I see the Rockets, it reminds me. Here's the thing. It's like one of those teams that has just a bunch of draft picks and they've drafted well. But it's like, how is it all going to mesh together? Jabari Smith, Jalen Green, Sangoon. I like all those dudes, Garuba as a defensive specialist. It really, really just depends on how it all comes together. Because I could see this team becoming good, but I can also easily, maybe more easily right now, see them just becoming undisciplined chuckers. You know, they need a coach who has a plan and can focus them and get them like step by step. You know what I mean? Because right now Jalen Green is a chucker and I'm a little wary of him being so skinny and what he's like, I think he's listed six, four, but you know, he feels like six, three ish to me. So, uh, and if Jabari Smith can be more than a role player, because in a way it's really those two guys, right? It's those two guys who this is all riding on. One of them has to really, really, really pop. And it's just a question of how they mesh together. Last season, I would have moved them up. And this season, I think I, I would actually have them a little bit higher, but it just really depends on uh, who else you got up there, but I'm probably a little bit higher on the Rockets than you are, um, largely because of the Filipino thing. <laughs> yeah. Well, if you think Jalen Green is a superstar, then yes. Um, I just think out of everybody on this list, and I'll, I'll peek ahead and basically say the Rockets, OKC, and and the Pistons, I don't think that these are the final... Pro- I think they're not necessarily team building, but like pick building. Yeah. Like they're just picking players right. for talent. And these are probably not going to be the players that end up being the stars on the team. 
when they mm-hmm. actually get good. Whereas all the other teams, I think these are these are the talents that are going to stay. Even the Magic. I mean, I'm jumping forward, but they're they're team building in a way that I think a lot of their players are going to stay. Okay. No, that's fair. That's fair. Okay. Next, Dallas, Luca. It's really just Luca. I don't. I mean, who else is young there? It's just. I mean, do we even want to talk about this? <laughs> no, but I think I that's mean, he's fair. Great. Yeah, I mean, Luke is still twenty three, so like that's that's fair. He counts for at least three young 23? prospects, right? I still um, can't believe he's twenty three. Yeah, no, that's insane. I, I think that's that's kind of funny because they have a bunch of like older dudes uh, and mid career guys. So um, Luca, as a quote unquote young core on his own. Uh, sure, sure. I'll, I'll take that for now. <laughs> yeah, I mean, some people argue that this is too low for somebody. I mean, this is the biggest superstar of the list, right? I mean, right. depending on how much you like John Morant. but I'll still put yeah. Luca ahead of John Morant. Yeah. Okay, next up, uh, Pelicans. I mean, okay. p- people are probably going to say that this is way too low for the Pelicans, but we're not counting Brennan Ingram. And I, had, I totally forgot Herb Jones is like 24. I mean, he's a four-year college player, right? Yeah, yeah. So you're really um, just looking at Zion here. Yeah, I mean, I like Trey Murphy. Uh, he was my – he was one guy that I was hoping for for the Warriors at the 14th pick where we picked up Moody. But I'm happy with Moody, of course. I mean, Zion, I mean, it, it obviously just depends on what kind of Zion you get. So, I mean, I think that's – I still don't yeah. think he's going to be healthy. I really don't think he's going to be healthy. I have nothing to base my opinion on except that weight clause or that conditioning clause. Did you did you read did you hear about the the second part of that weight clause? Like it's not just about him being a certain weight, it's him uh-huh. also having to he'd have to be cut in order to not get paid. You have to be cut from the team to not get paid. Yeah. Like uh-huh. it's a combination of that weight but also like being being cut. Some sort of combination yeah. of it. It's not just like you're going to get paid less if you're over 295, but if you're still good. Yeah. It's a very yeah. weird clause. That is a weird clause. But yeah, in terms of like him being healthy, I mean, he could. Maybe in the off season he figured it out. Maybe now he's like, well, I have this contract, so I'm going to I'm gonna play. Or it could be like, let me see how this goes. And then if they aren't very good, he might just coast. But, you know, overall, of course, that team played well and they had a good showing in the playoffs. And if you just look at it overall team they're a decent team they should be in the hunt for like the what seven eight spot in the play-in or something so i think um if they're good then maybe you'll get a good zion you know what i mean because if they're good and he's not playing up to par and he's not injured then that's just you know a lot of bad juju on him that's a team that could like shoot all the way up to the top or it could like bottom out <laughs> in terms of this list okc number six i was actually wavering between okc and the pistons just because without sga it kind of throws me in the loop it really depends on how much you love uh giddy and holmgren the funny thing about giddy man it's like you know he he was out his name was out there for the warriors to pick him in the 2021 draft and, you know, I guess I would have been all right with him, but like, you know, OKC took him first before Kaminga. And I think Giddy's going to, he's, he's going to be good. He's going to be fine. He's, he's solid. He, he shows a flair for the game and uh, natural instincts. But I just think like his game's going to get elevated so much more by playing with like 
Chet Holmgren. That's like a career changer. He could have had like a different trajectory where he like, you know, doesn't know how to play with SGA maybe. But uh, I think with Chet, that's going to really, really like expand what he's going to be able to do. Yeah, no, I mean, okay, see, they're out there for me too in terms I just, you know, Chet Holmgren is just this aberration that I'm very, very curious to see how he plays in the in the league. And I'm worried about him getting injured, but the article I read about him, which might just be all smoke, is is about how his body is actually well-conditioned and genetically created in a way that is is not going to get hurt, which is very strange to me. Like, he looks like he would get hurt easily. Uh, but there was like, I said, I, I said it to you, but you were just like, this is way too long to read about someone's conditioning. <laughs> it was like, it was a 20 minute read about like oh his goodness. conditioning, which was crazy. That's great. His conditioning and everything. But like, and, and maybe they're talking about in terms of fatigue and his body wear and tear. I'm talking about like Isaiah Stewart falling into his leg and snapping it. No, no. They were saying that the way that his, his muscles and bone structure and everything is set up is similar to a player that's much smaller and more fit. Was this like a physical therapy expert or? It was like one of those like P whatever followed by a number in like Santa Barbara, you know, those <laughs> random, like those like places where people work out and spend millions of dollars for training. It's one of those places. Okay. Well, uh, I, I hope he stays healthy because I want to see what, what the heck he can do as like this, you know, freak of nature literally you know all right next up the pistons Cade oh, cunningham Jaden, Jalen, um and then the rest of the players are all like uh, nba podcast favorites isaiah stewart sadiq bay killian hayes i totally forgot marvin bagley the third is 23 and on the pistons now by the yeah. way i was i was gambling at a roulette table next to isaiah stewart um in vegas this year it was pretty funny I totally forgot oh, wow. he was, he's barely old enough to gamble. He was not good at roulette. Like, was he literally next to you, like sitting or standing? Yeah, or he was sitting next to me. Is that dude the most massive dude you ever sat next to? <laughs> he's pretty, like, he's naturally, like, yeah, he's pretty massive. <laughs> the the Pistons, man, I mean, I, I like that team a lot. Like, Cade, Ivy, Duran. I mean, they whiffed on Hayes. I just, I don't know if you've seen Killian Hayes play, man, but that guy is just no... I mean, Killian Hayes and Marvin Bagley, man, they're gonna they're <laughs> they're gonna be like best friends. I watched this this YouTube video the other day. I totally didn't know that Marvin Bagley was ranked top of his class in out of high school, and then he reclassified, and then he was ranked top of that class as well, which is crazy so he, to be top of two different classes. So he was uh, a year below Aiton, and then. Was then he, he was a year he behind the Luca year. year, right? Because he got drafted the Luca year, right? Right. Yeah, the Aiton year, and then right. he was Just actually the year after, so he was ranked top of that year as well. So what is that? Twenty? That's twenty twenty, right? Bagley, I think like with Kate Cunningham, Jaden Ivey, and Jalen Duran, and Isaiah Stewart and Sadiq Bay, I think Bagley doesn't have to do that much. He'll hopefully find out find his like spot. Obviously, he'll just be a role player from this point forward. You know, he has a chance to be decent. Right? Like, when was the last time Sacramento developed a player? Jason Williams. <laughs> <laughs> good one. That's a good one. Uh, I mean, develop. I mean, how, how many years is developed? Right, like drafted and developed. Uh, drafted and developed. I mean, I mean, all it, their greatest it, players of the past twenty years came from another team, right? 
Right. I mean, De'Aaron Fox has just not impressed me. Uh, Halliburton, they didn't develop him. They just traded him. Uh, Davion Mitchell, I mean, there's not much to develop. He is who he is. Yeah, he's, he came to the league fully formed. Yeah, so now this Pistons team, man, I'm, that's like their top five league pass for me, to be yeah, honest. for sure. All right, next up, this is where I put the Warriors. Okay. Uh, Jordan Poole, 23 years old. It's so nice yeah. to see that. I love seeing that 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 two and three. Yeah. And then, yeah, I mean, this is this is J- James Wiseman's make or break year, so no excuses. Yeah, yeah. I mean, that, that really is the difference. If he stays healthy, he can give you signs. He doesn't even have to, like, fulfill the number two pick uh, status this season, but he has to just give signs you know what i'm saying and like okay like oh he's 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 good he has like these abilities still and he can still take the off season the next off season to to come back with more is Kaminga already 20 he turned 20 during the off season yeah his birthday's in october are you sure (laughs) how do you know that Uh, because i remember when he got drafted he was like i was looking at who's the youngest pick and it was like giddy and then Kaminga. oh 19 yeah. So, I mean, that's the thing, like I keep saying, is that in three years, Jonathan Kaminga will still be younger than Jordan, like the age Jordan Poole is right now. Yeah. You know, and that's, that's, that's nuts. I mean, they're both well ahead of Jordan Poole already. It's, it's interesting seeing Jim, uh, yeah, Patrick Baldwin being 20. Yeah. He already seems fully formed and, and very mature, but just bad luck. Yeah, and you got to throw in Ryan Rollins in there. I mean, they signed that dude to a three-year contract as a four, as a second-round pick, number four. That's strange, right? It 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 is. It's it's just strange in the sense that like it shows that they actually really believe in him, and they also see it as a cheap salary to have at the end of the bench, regardless for the next few years, right? Um, did we sign Smiley for two years though? <laughs> As a rookie, yeah. What if this yeah. team did not win the championship and did not have the core three? Like, what would people be saying about this Warriors as well, a see, young team? That's, a, that's the thing. Like, people say that yeah, the Warriors have some young talent, but they haven't played enough, and I, I can see that. I feel like the lasting memory though of these guys is like, okay, they, they played a little bit in summer league. We saw some. Saw some warts here and there, but also potential. But then also, these are guys who, quote unquote, did not really play or contribute to the playoff run, the finals or whatever, you know, and they weren't ready, all that jazz. But we saw them, you know, let's not forget the flashes that they showed during the regular season. Like, these guys are are good, you know, and I don't blame them. And I don't blame the Warriors coaching staff for not putting them in to the finals and all that stuff. But like, I think uh, if this was done before the 2022 draft, uh, the Warriors would be really high on my list just because of what we've seen day in, day out with how good these guys can be. And assuming Wiseman can be uh, healthy again and retain all of his athleticism, which after summer league looks like is all still there. And then, I mean, Jordan Poole, I mean, like, you know, that guy's ceiling to me. I mean, end of the uh, last season or the 2020-2021 season, I was like, oh, okay, you know, he could be like campaign. You know what I mean? He can be like 
<laughs> that that was like my comp for him for a while, right? And then it became uh, CJ, or it became Jordan Clarkson, and became CJ. And to me, his ceiling, like the high end ceiling for Jordan Poole, is Jamal Murray, right? I'm not saying he's going to be that guy, but in terms of the growth he's had and how surprising he's been up until this point, if he can strive to be somebody, then that is potentially it. Yeah. That's crazy. I, yeah. I don't, I don't think I, I, who do you think if, if they had to choose between re-signing Wiggins and I mean, this is just impossible to pick between Wiggins and pool, a homegrown pool, and then a versatile wing two way like Wiggins. This is just sell another 10% of the team to be able to pay for these guys. That's what, that's what they need to do. Yeah, I mean, I actually had this conversation on the last episode with my friend Aram, and I picked uh, pool, keeping pool, and moving from Wiggins just because even you know before the run, the playoff run that Wiggins had, I felt like Kaminga was you know obviously the the heir apparent, and then you yeah. also have Moses Moody who plays uh, two and three, whereas Kaminga plays three, four, and will play some small ball five. So you have somebody who can do that. And Jordan Poole, he, by having to play for an injured Steph and an injured Clay, he knows how to play both those roles. He knows how to play on ball like Steph, and he knows how to play more off ball like Clay. And he can run around and do like the best mimic job of those guys and like nobody else in the league, right? So I think I go Poole. Uh, just because of who's on the roster right now, and yeah. you know that that's that's pretty. I don't. To me, it's not even like a question. I'm not saying I want to get rid of Wiggins, but if it came down to the uh, to picking one of the two, that's that's just uh, the clearest, most sensible path to me. Yeah, I, I agree. I think my take is similar to yours, which is um, Wiggins is harder to replace from outside. And Jordan Poole is harder to replace from the inside. Yeah. Right? Because we already have people lined up. There's nobody. I mean, this is the first time in ever, maybe, that that Steph had somebody reliable backing him up. Mm-hmm. mm-hmm. That can put up the point. So another tangent, because I'm really getting annoyed with a lot of the the the, the pushback against the Warriors offseason. If you were to look at GP, the Gary Payton and um, Otto Porter Jr. when the Warriors first signed them, and compare them to Jamichael Green and DiVincenzo when you first signed them. I mean, I think Jamichael Green and DiVincenzo at first blush uh, when you sign them now are already starting off as better than the GP2 and OPJ signing when they first came on the Warriors. Yeah, no, that's a really good point. And I, I agree with that. And I mean, I've talked all summer, man, <laughs> about, about like some of these knee jerk reactions that, uh, a sliver of Warriors fans have had. And again, not knocking GP2 or Otto Porter Jr. Gary Bain II, he did hugely improve and, and add so much. And I would love to have him back on the team. But like, I think that uh, DiVincenzo can bring just as much overall. More offense, maybe not as good on the ball defense, of course. Yeah, and I think that's completely fair. And I've had, <laughs> I've interacted with people in the YouTube comments about this. And, uh, and you know, with, with Jamichael Green, it's like he's a little bit older than Otto Porter Jr., but he shoots decently from three. He adds some toughness. He plays a little bit bigger in terms of just more physicality. And so, like, they're, they're very similar. So, you know, 
I think sometimes people just get really, really, they just fall in love with like the team that they had, you know? Uh, there's there's yeah. guys growing up that I didn't want to get rid of. The action never ends at DraftKings Sportsbook, especially this summer. With tons of ways to bet on all your favorite sports, you can fuel your fandom and feel the heat of the season like never before. Plus, right now, DraftKings Sportsbook is giving new customers a risk-free bet up to $1,000. That's right. Make your first bet up to $1,000, and if it doesn't win, you'll get another shot to cash in. You can throw down on all the major actions for baseball, golf, MMA, and more. Plus, with same-game parlays, spreads, money lines, over-unders, and props, your betting options feel endless. I'm looking forward to all those Giants-Dodgers matchups because it's just one of the best rivalries in sports. So we'll see what the odds are for those. Best of all, DraftKings is safe, secure, and reliable. You can deposit and withdraw your cash whenever you want. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app now. Use promo code TBPN. Make your first deposit and get a risk-free bet up to $1,000. That's promo code TBPN only at DraftKings Sportsbook. Minimum age and eligibility restrictions apply. See show notes for details. All right, the final three. I know we've uh, gone a little bit over. Uh, the Magic I have uh-huh. next up. Uh, obviously, really high up on Bencaro. Uh, Wendell Carter Jr. was a was a good trade. Obviously, uh, getting rid of getting rid of some old guys. Uh, Fra- Franz Wagner, Wagner, I should say. Uh, Jalen Suggs, Cole Anthony. Are you a Mo Bam- Bamba guy? Can you imagine them playing Mo Bamba and Bencaro at the same time? Uh, <laughs> no, I mean, listen, the Magic they have a lot of talent, man. I mean, a lot of talent that falls out of our kind of 23 to and under type thing. But like, they just have a lot of dudes who do similar things, right? Jalen Suggs, Cole Anthony, Markel Fultz. They're, they're in RJ Hampton, you know? They're all kind of small scoring yeah. guards. And then Mo Bamba, Jonathan then Isaac. The, then the big, then the freaks, yeah. Yeah. And then, Franz, you know. Franz Wagner's the only in-between guy. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I think uh, Paolo is too a little bit, you know? He's not just like this massive like really long dude he can play he has a well-rounded game i'll say so you know i I think with them they kind of remind me of the rockets but i think the magic have a little bit more solid footing right now um but it's just a question of who who's going to move and who you're going to you can't keep all these guys right so they're just gonna have to make the right choices in terms of signing who uh is really really worth it can jonathan isaac get healthy can markel fultz actually you know stay healthy too and get his get decent on his shot again jalen suggs can he actually fulfill any of that potential that made us warriors fans like lust after him and Gonzaga? <laughs> we did know? yeah we did really like, oh my gosh he like went to steph curry's camp so he should be on the warriors <laughs> and, like, it was like you know he's he's like that heady like tough guy uh player who could play like both on ball and off ball and he had a rough rookie year he got hurt but no doubt that if he was in the Warriors system, that he would have developed a lot more differently than he did in Orlando. So I still think he has a shot. But if, you know, like if I was the Magic, I would, you know, from the outside looking in, I'd move off of Cole Anthony, you know? Like I'm not a big fan of that that guy. And then um, go with Suggs, Bankera, Wendell Carter Jr., Wagner, you know, and then see who else can stick. I don't know, man. I, I kind of like the... Uh, man, I'm biased, man. I, I kind of like the Warriors more than the Magic in terms of huh. even with the Magic. Have more guys, and and I'll, I'll admit, like 
I don't know how I am how high I am on on Bankera. I don't know, but he is the number one pick, right? So I don't know. Like he, he's a big. It's just funny because after Vegas, he was the clear cut number one pick. Like before, it was like these guys are all three even. Yeah, right? that was the talk. But after the after Vegas, it was a clear clear winner. Yeah, I don't I don't know. I, granted, I didn't study this draft as much as the previous two because the Warriors didn't have a lottery pick. Uh, but like, there's a part of me that's not fully, fully sold on him being that transformative, but I could be wrong. You know, I'm a guy who believes in James Wiseman. So, you know, my bias is there. God, can you imagine James Wiseman? Full, I can't, I still can't. I, we have to, every, every episode, you should just spend a minute being like, man, if James, James Wiseman lives up to his potential, <laughs> <laughs> every episode, yeah. one minute. <laughs> All right, next up, Cavs. I mean, this is really Darius Garland and Evan Mobley. I know it seems pretty high for two guys, but I mean, Evan Mobley is like the truth, right? Yeah, I mean, those guys are those guys are good, Garland. And obviously, I mean, Jared Allen's 24, but he's young. And like guys like Mobley and Jared Allen allow you to have a guy like Garland who's like what, 6-1 on uh on on defense. And, you know, Isaac Okoro, he's like a very solid role player for that. It's just so. what, when's the last time you had a rookie come in and just push somebody, push a whole team to just completely change the timetable on a team? Uh, Luca? I mean, Luca still had a, I mean, that first year was still. Well, I mean, you know, uh, yeah, that, that's true. I mean, the Cavs had better guys when Moby got drafted, but yeah, they weren't like great. I mean, it was a, actually lucky for them, maybe lucky for Garland, to be honest. Hate to say it that um, uh, Sexton went down because yeah. all of a sudden you didn't have to play with another guard your size who was very ball dominant and uh, just a you know I was like uh, messaging or like commenting with Cavs fans and I asked them early in the uh, season who the comp for Colin Sexton was to them and a lot of them said Monte Ellis. <laughs> <laughs> and I was like, oh, yeah, okay. <laughs> you know, wow. like, uh, so in Monte's famous words, looking uh, looking at a backcourt of Darius Garland and Colin Sexton, can't do it. <laughs> I can't do it. <laughs> but what if you had so, LeBron? What if you had 41-year-old LeBron, though? Well, then if you have 41-year-old LeBron, then you're going to have, like, 20-year-old uh, Bronny. <laughs> um, it's going to happen. Uh, maybe we'll see, man. We'll see. Yeah. But no, I, I like the Cavs overall. All right. Last up the Grizzlies. Boo. God, Jal Morant. Like, did you hear him recently? Like he, he, he kind of apologized or kind of said he blew things out of proportion with him and Jordan Poole. Did you read no. about that? Yeah. He was basically no. like, um, you know, I think it, the whole thing was kind of blown out of proportion. Like I, I don't think it was really his fault and I, I overreacted kind of thing. And then he, he, he was like, it was really great that Jordan will like dap me up um, the next game. Yeah. Good. I mean, I like John Morant. Yeah. I mean, uh, yeah. I mean, I, I, the Grizzlies are up there. They have like playoff experience. John Morant. I mean, it's the same thing as Luca, right? A guy who's already like all NBA talent at age 23 and the difference is Luca doesn't have anybody else close to his yeah. age on it who's any good. But John Moran has Jaron Jackson Jr. Um, and Zaire Williams, and then a bunch of other dudes who just are out of, you know, who are beyond the cutoff, the 23-year-old 20, cutoff of this exercise. But, 
I mean, we saw how good they are and they're, they're a scary team. Uh, they need to take advantage of what they have before, you know, the salaries start, you know, the rookie extensions start piling up, right? They're, they already like got rid of DeAnthony Melton, so they wouldn't have to sign him for, for longer term or pay him. We'll see how long this team can stick together. But if you have a John Morant and a Jaron Jackson Jr. And, you know, my guy, Zaire Williams, who I was also hoping the Warriors could pick up at the number 14 pick last season, last off season. But, um, yeah, I mean, those two guys right there, John Morant and Jaron Jackson, they might be uh, – they're probably, like, as a, as a two-person tandem, they're the best two-person tandem on this list. Well, they're only going to be good for half a year next year, too. So, yeah. How long is we'll Jerry Jackson out? Through December. That's three months, right? Two months of the season. <laughs> yeah. Um, they also got rid of Kyle, Kyle Anderson. So, yeah. Yeah. Which is good for us. That's <laughs> <laughs> all that matters. Yeah. So, they didn't actually get better during the offseason then. And they're going to lose Jaron Jackson. So, I don't think so. I don't, I'm, I'm not really too impressed with their draft picks in terms of making an impact, but I mean, in terms of getting better during the off season, it's, it's kind of similar to the Warriors. Like there's, they're so young, at least the Warriors young guys, just like the Grizzlies, like they have so much more room for improvement that their ability to get better because of that. Um, it's still there, you know, like Zaria Williams will be better. I mean, Jaron Jackson, you're right. He's, he's hurt. But like in general, like that's why I say about the Warriors offseason, if you don't think Kaminga, Moody, Wiseman, or Poole, if you don't think any of them will pop or take a leap or get better, then, you know, then I just don't buy that. You know, I think at least one or two of them will pop. And um, and that'll mean that they, they've gotten officially better. You know what I'm looking forward to the most, man? Because Santa Cruz just, Warrior Games? <laughs> no. I'm looking forward to uh, the NBA version of that, which is when all the veterans sit and then you get a starting lineup of Jordan Poole, Kaminga, Moody, Wiseman, and whomever else. Probably Dante DiVincenzo. You know what I mean? That, for, during the, during the, you joke, but like during the regular season, that's when it gets really exciting. You know, like yeah. second half of the fourth quarter when everybody rests. You're just yeah. like, whoa, this is the team. No, but the the back to backs, right? Like there's there was yeah. that game. I forgot who it was. Uh, it was either against the Raptors or the Nuggets or both, where the the young guys showed out. But the, it was the Spurs game where they came back from like twenty down, right? Yes. And, uh, yeah. So uh, those are the games that like are really, really like those are so fun. Yeah, and so you know, and the other thing too, right? Again, maybe this is. Uh, uh, home team bias, but the ability to learn from the Hall of Fame vets on this team and develop in the infrastructure of the Golden State Warriors organization, like that's the opposite right now of what I see of like the Rockets, right? The Rockets, they might prove me wrong, but I, I just don't know the Rockets that well. And it seems like they have a lot of guys that just want to chuck it. So how long will it take for them to start like learning how to win and, and winning. Whereas like, you know, I mean, regardless, we always see young guys on a team after they make it to the finals, let alone win the finals, there is some kind of like, you know, boost, you know, there is some bump from that. It's like almost playing like in the Olympics or something, you come back and you see how hard you have to work. You come back a little bit stronger, a little bit better. So 
I rewatched the entire championship um, last night, the, the championship, like uh, the trophy award uh, ceremony. And yeah. the whole time I was watching Moses Moody and his reaction and like how close he is to the players, young and old. Mm-hmm. I think he's the one that's going to pop off this year. Like he's going to yeah. be the main glue guy. Like he's going to slide into the Andre Iguodala, like versatile player role. I think, yeah. I think that's going to be, I mean, I don't know if I, I trust Kaminga for, for this year, but I think Moses Moody, this is the Moses Moody year. That's my prediction. Yeah. I mean, uh, like I've talked about this before, like he's definitely somebody I think who can, uh, like he knows his role and he's yeah. I mean, even before he got drafted, people said he didn't seem like he was 19. He's very mature about his game and all that stuff and very businesslike. So, you know, and we see with Kaminga, you know, you watch his best highlights from last season and a lot of his stuff is like moving without the ball. Um, and catching the ball and already like getting a step on somebody. So in terms of running an offense, uh, you know, beating somebody off the dribble or getting to his pull-up shot, you know, those are things that he needs to to polish off. Like, I think as long as all these guys are healthy, they'll contribute to some extent. Yeah. It's just a question of, um, you know, Moody in terms of being trustworthy, uh, he might be the first one to kind of get off the bench in big games, critical situations or something like that. But, um, you know, I'm also curious. I've talked about this a little bit before, but not with you. It's like, I'm curious to see uh, Kaminga and Wiseman to see how they figure out how to play together because uh, we, it was, it was so mind blowing to see them play in the, uh, in summer league. Yeah. Uh, Cause I just wanted to see these two physical specimens uh, play together. And, you know, it was, it, it was what it was, but just like they, they both kind of occupied the dunker spot. They both do a lot of things off of, or they should, uh, in terms of Wiseman, off of off of screens, off of cutting back door to the basket and whatnot. So if they can figure out a way to play together, uh, that will be vastly, vastly uh, entertaining. Yeah, I'm super interested in seeing all that. You know, just the baseline for Kaminga and Wiseman is like, I hope they're in the right spot. Yeah. And when they pass the ball, they pass it to a person that's actually there. Moses Moody, yeah. I'm not concerned about that kind of shit. You know, it's just yeah, just let him run. Yeah, yeah. Um, I still, I, I still stand by the fact that I think Wiseman should spend like a considerable number of games in Santa Cruz. I understand, I understand, and he might. And again, like I said to you when you mentioned that, it's like it really, really depends on how he looks. Like they'll decide during camp. Right. Like, because if he is somebody that they trust to be the backup center right out, right out the gate, then he's going to be with the team as a backup center. But if they see if they see anything or sense anything where he's just not ready and they don't think he can get the minutes with a big league club, then they'll send him to Santa Cruz because there is absolutely no reason he should not be the backup center for this team. Like he should, he should be able to get like 15 minutes, you know, but, um, you know, but we'll see. We'll see. I mean, who knows if he goes down to Santa Cruz, maybe you'll see Kaminga get some of those too. Um, I would like to see a, a, a list of every, the number of games that everybody on this list has played college and semi-pro and G league games. Cause I would think that Wiseman has the least number out of a lot of these players. Oh, you mean on like out of all these teams, like all their young guys. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, I agree because if, well, if you count his 
um, we can count that right now. It's really easy. He played three college games. He played 39 NBA games, so that's 42. And he played four? Uh, he played three Santa Cruz Warriors games, so that's 45. And I think he played four, I think he played four uh, summer league games. So there 30, you go. 39 pro games, really? It's yeah. 39? Yeah. So uh, he played 49 games total so far. So, you know, some of these uh, one and done guys, he's played more than them because they played maybe 30 games in college and then a few summer league games. But in terms of the Warriors, uh, you know, I remember marking off when uh, Kaminga and Moody both passed Wiseman in terms of NBA games somewhere in the middle of the season. It was like, he's <laughs> in Wiseman. Because that was still when Wiseman, we thought he was going to come back. And, yeah. You know, he gonna come back? And it's like, oh, he's already been passed by these dudes. So, um, you know, we'll see. And 49 games is not a lot between high school and your third year in the NBA. It's not. It is not. Not a lot of games. So Grizzlies, Cavs, Magic, Warriors, Pistons, OKC, Pelicans, Dallas, Rockets, Minnesota. So how would you change this list for you? What would you do? Oh, man. It's tough. You're, you know, like the parameters – uh, we sat here like it is tough because it's it's really hard to ignore like you know just beyond SGA. Like, yeah SGA Jared Allen Desmond Bain um, who else is there uh, like you said Brandon Ingram and then you know looking at the Celtics like Jason Tatum and I think Robert Williams is also 24 so there's just a lot of young talent in the league but based on these parameters man um Gosh. You'd move the Cavs down, huh? Yeah, which is, which is funny because I had them like pretty high up in general. Um, I would – yeah, I would move – man, I would move – I already said I would move the Rockets up. Okay, so I'm mm-hmm. going to try to re-rank this really quickly. Yeah. <laughs> uh I'll go Grizzlies, Pistons, Cavs, Warriors, Magic, uh, OKC. You haven't moved the Rockets up yet. Rockets, <laughs> <laughs> Minnesota, Dallas, Pelicans. Uh, <laughs> I'm curious to revisit this after maybe a few months in the the season to see how some of these young guys who haven't even played um, look and to see how Wiseman looks if he's if he stays on the court and everything so um, i'm going to orlando to watch a warriors game this year i've always wanted to watch really? a game in orlando just because it's i'm gonna go out there for disney world but i also think it's the cheap i think i looked up one time like what's the cheapest like ticket like to get close to the court and it was orlando <laughs> so that's mainly why i'm going uh who knows man that those tickets might be a little bit higher it might be <laughs> Yeah. No, Sacramento's expensive because every Warrior fan just drives an hour and a half to get uh, there. That's, that's that's true. That's true. Maybe it's OKC. I don't know. What is the worst franchise right now? Because even Sac, like Keegan Murray, popped a little bit, but that's just pre. That's just uh, summer league. It's L.A. The Lakers. <laughs> yeah, I mean they, that's true. Because I mean yeah. LeBron is too old. Anthony Davis is going to be injured. Westbrook is one of the worst players in the NBA, especially with the price. You look at the young guys. I'm looking at the list right now: Taylor Horton Tucker, Troy Brown Jr., and Lonnie Walker the fourth. 
How can you argue? Because the Lakers are bad right now and have a very bad young core. Yeah. Who else is worse than the Lakers right now? uh, I don't know if anyone is worse in terms of like a plan. Well, if it's the Lakers, then uh, I love it. Yeah, I don't. I don't know who else it is. I mean, if you let's just grade them separately, right? If you grade just based on young players, the Lakers are pretty bad. Yeah, the Lakers have nothing. They have no draft picks, and their young guys are are not good. I mean, can you imagine Taylor Horton Tucker playing in OKC? Do you think anyone would care about him? Yeah. So just look at young current young players, right? And then you look at draft capital, and they're as bad as like the Clippers. And the Nets, right? All the all the teams that have traded all the way their draft picks. Yeah. And then you look at like the existing roster. I mean, it's just like yeah. you look at all these different criteria and they're bad in each one. Yeah. Yeah. I love it. <laughs> <laughs> cool, man. Well, thanks for coming on. Always all right. fun. All right. Talk to you later. This has been another episode of the Oak Warriors podcast. Be sure to subscribe wherever you get your podcasts. Feel free to hit me up on Twitter at Patrick Epino, E-P-I-N-O. Check us out, Oakland Warriors. And be sure to tell your fellow Warrior fan friends to tune in and listen to the Oakland Warriors podcast. It's used by National Film Society and is a part of the Basketball Podcast Network. And if you're so inclined, please do leave a five-star rating on Spotify and or Apple Podcasts. And leave us a nice review on Apple Podcasts. All that stuff is always, always really, really helpful and very, very much appreciated. And that's it. Music in this episode provided by Paper Sun. Special thanks to Paul Amardo for production support. See you next time, and go Dubs.